0: Hi Randy, do you think you're a good product leader?
1: Well, I think I'm a better leader than I am a product manager at this point. I mean, I've worked with lots of people who are a lot better than I am at different parts of the job. And what I really love these days is putting them in situations where they can do an amazing job.
0: See, living in England sure is having a very British effect on you. You're being all humble and stuff. I bet you are pretty good. And I know you're very good at the coaching side of things. But just in case you wanted to get even better, I have the best guest for you tonight.
1: Okay. I totally know who you're talking about. But before we talk about her and her amazing book, will you need to answer the question and stop avoiding talking about yourself. Are you a good product leader?
0: Uh, Yes, I'm amazing. I think your American (laughs) has rubbed off on me. (laughs) But honestly... I must be pretty great after doing this podcast and getting one-to-one coaching from such great product people for such a long time.
1: Okay, I'm glad to hear you think so, but let's find out if you still think the same thing after we talk with the one and only Petra Villa.
0: She's the author of Strong Product People, a complete guide to developing great product managers, and it's got a lot of amazing stuff in it. So let's get to it. The product experience is brought to you by Mind the Product.
1: Every week, we talk to the best product people from around the globe about how we can improve our practice and build products that people love.
0: Visit mindtheproduct.com to catch up on past episodes and to discover an extensive library of great content and videos.
1: Browse for free or become a Mind the Product member to unlock premium articles, unseen videos, AMAs, roundtables, discounts to our conferences around the world, training opportunities and more.
0: Mind the Product also offers free product tank meetups in more than 200 cities and there's probably one near you.
1: Petra, it's been so long since we had you on the podcast. Welcome back.
2: Yeehaw, finally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone who didn't listen to your first episode or hasn't read your book or any of that, just can you give us a very quick intro, remind people, how did you get into product and what are you doing these days?
2: These days, starting with that first, I'm a product leadership coach. Uh, I'm really focusing on coaching product leads, one on one, so to say, and help them to k- become better in what they do. Hopefully, improving their product organization, and hopefully help the product organization to create better products. So that's kind of what I'm doing these days, full full time. Um, and my way into product was pretty boring. So um, was a developer. First studied um, information technology. That's what it was called in Germany. So pretty classical. And then slowly. Um, via SAP, bigger company and then several smaller companies into my product management role. So, so it all <laughs> to, to some extent. Um, yeah. And then 2013, I just like decided, um, to try if interim product leadership roles are a thing. Um, and it was luckily. So I become a freelance product leader, um, back at the time and that kind of naturally became a coaching thing. And that's what I'm focusing on today.
0: What made you look for interim product leadership roles? I'm curious, um, what kind of sparked your interest there? Yes, I, I I actually
2: always were interested in working independently on a freelance basis. And because I was holding a head of product role at the last um, full-time contract, I guess, so to say, um, I was interested in, is there a possibility to do the current role in a more interim setup. And it was quite a thing, at least in Germany, because of parental leaves are so long here. So it's 12 months, sometimes it's 24 months. Um People are off for quite, yeah, an amount of time. And it makes sense to find an interim's head of product if somebody is on maternal parental leave for that long a time. So, yeah. It was actually nice. I had the sneak peeks into so many different companies and their product culture. Um, and it turned out to be a really rewarding role as well. So yeah,
0: I was going to say, I imagine that f- sort of facilitated a lot of learning because you get to see how a lot of different organizations yes. operate. Yeah, exactly. And so many different characters and, um, mm. yeah,
2: conflicts and different maturity models of product organizations, so to say. So yeah, there was a nice, yeah ramp up for the coaching career, so to say.
1: (laughs) And it's exactly what I'm doing at the moment. And the UK has got similar long maternity leave. And uh, I'm lucky enough to be doing one of those roles right now. And yeah, I couldn't recommend enough. It's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, super cool.
1: (laughs) So one of the things that's kind of a prerequisite for doing the job well is having a clear understanding of what it actually means to be a head of product. And I'm not sure that everyone fully gets it. It's this whole thing of, oh, you manage other product people, but there's more to it than that, isn't there?
2: Yeah, um, at least from my perspective. Um, And there there are various perspectives out there what great product leaders should be actually doing and how they should spend their time. But for me, a really integral part is this defining what makes a competent product manager in your own perspective. So it's not so much about, what's out there because there's so many things written on all these blogs out there about what is the role of a product manager, what is the role of a product owner, all these kind of things. But for me it's more like, okay, if you're a start with product leadership or are in a product leadership role for quite some time and have never reflected on, okay, what's my personal benchmark? So how does a competent product person look like on my end? Then I would strongly encourage the people to do so um, because that really unblocks you with all your one-on-ones and career conversations with um, your product folks. Um, It helps you to hire uh, a great team of product people. If you have this kind of, okay, that's the bar that I'm setting and you have it not implicitly but explicitly in writing so that you can share it with your peers and directs that is one of the important things so to say so this is the definition of good but it is maybe randy if it's okay then i can a bit elaborate a bit more on that um so that is the people part of the head of product or product leadership role Um, and Besides of the people part, there is the product part for sure. Um, So what is the product strategy? Where are we headed? Directional clarity, alignment. These are the things we're talking about here. So that for sure is something that a product leader should be able to do and to add to the product organization. And then it's a lot about processes. So I borrowed this metaphor from Jeff Rodf- uh, Redfern Um, that is, uh, he's actually said that it's a bit like building the shipyard around the teams that are building the boats and the vessels and the ships. So how should this shipyard look like? What's the layout of this shipyard? What material is needed? All these kinds of things. So that's a nice metaphor for the process part of the role. So it really is people, process and product. And if a company not yet has found product market fit, you could actually product and purpose could be something you experiment with. So maybe if you're like a early stage startup, then it's more about purpose, people and process and product comes later once you found product market fit.
1: That's really interesting. So we've had Joff on the podcast and he talked about that. And I was reading your book again over (laughs) the weekend. Uh, It was a long time ago. I was reading your book again over the weekend. And I was thinking about that metaphor a bit. And I was thinking about relation in relation to some of the jobs I've had. And from my perspective, I totally agree. It's about building the shipyard. It's about building the capability so that other people can build great products and do amazing work. But there's also potentially a problem with it at the the level of uh, our, the peers of the, the product leader, which is they can say, wow, that's a great shipyard you have there. It's a shame the ships are so awful. You know, it's got to produce good stuff, right? So how do you... Yes. How do you balance that with with your peers, with with the other members of the leadership team?
2: Who, <laughs> it really depends. You need to. So that is something that you need to kind of really dive deep into. Is it more of a conflict between the peers, or is it really the case that that exactly? That's why you need to have this definition of competent product manager. Because if you have this, and if all your people are understanding the role and want the role and have the capacity that it takes to actually fulfill the role and the ships are still bad, then it's a completely different discussion you should be having with your peers because then it's maybe about, okay, if the product people are competent and assuming the engineering team does something similar and uh, the, the interaction design folks do something similar and all the other roles that you're having are at this competent level, then it's more a processing thing you have to look into. Um, And maybe it is just the case that nobody actually invested enough time in coaching the people around um, or nobody actually really spent the time with the folks with proper onboarding and setting them up for success and investing a bit in them. So that is often the case. I use this GWC framework in the book, which is like, um, gets it once it has the capacity to do it. So it's a bit of a reflection on a team that you could be doing. And if I think about, okay, does this person get what the role is all about? And the answer is no. Then it's often on me in my leadership role that I haven't spent enough time with them to explain what we think a product person should do. And that actually works with all roles, right? It's not only product. Um, and then sometimes they understand it, but don't want it another thing then you might find another seat for them or maybe it's a capacity thing and that can be just like a mental capacity thing maybe they currently get divorced and don't have the bandwidth to um, do their best work with the team then it's maybe a bit of uh, be patient and wait Um, or maybe it's just like a training that they need because of gdpr rules changed and so they don't have the capacity knowledge wise and you could help fixing them that
0: And what about for those who are aspiring product leaders? What's a good sign that you're ready to take that next step into leadership? Um, I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, want to spend more time really honing the craft of like the individual contributor product role before they then become a product leader. But it is it is quite a different role, actually. So, yeah. you know, do you do you actually really need to be an amazing individual contributor before you step into that leadership role? Saw so, so many product coaches over the last few years.
2: I, I, I thought I have a pretty clear answer to that, <laughs> but <laughs> I learned that it's not that easy. It's always in product, right? It depends. So, I saw really brilliant product leaders who never worked in product. Um, but they invested a lot of time in understanding how things actually work. They really like laid back, uh, letting their best product people do their work. So they have different management styles, so mm-hmm. to say. Uh, they then focus on this, okay, is there enough clarity and, uh, and alignment in the system? Can I help to kind of foster these kind of things? So then they focus more on that, and really focus on the coaching part because coaching is not giving advice and help people to figure out what they should do next. It's more about asking the right question at the right time. And if you don't have that much product experience, I think that is still a way to go. But these people are born leaders to some extent, even if I say in the book, there is n- not such a thing like a born leader. <laughs> we all need <laughs> to learn these things. But some people have more this natural tendency of being good high EQ. So they're good communicators, they're good um, in handling tension and all these kind of things. So if that is a Thing that is easier on you and you may maybe not the best product person on the planet, I would still encourage people to um, maybe uh, try to transform into a product leadership role. The biggest difference from my point of view is really this kind of, am I ready to yeah, join the dark side, so to say, because there are so many decisions um, that you make in a leadership role that are maybe unpopular, hard to communicate on behalf of the company, um, not 100% on behalf of all the individual person on on the team and stuff like this. And that is maybe the biggest change when you're actually moving in your first product leadership role. Um, So you need to be ready for handling these kind of things, I'd say. Mm.
1: So how much of my time should I actually be spending on improving my people versus everything else that I need to be doing, uh, you know, uh, I'm an individual contributor in terms of how I work on developing strategy and and any number of other things with my peers. But the team that reports me, how much of my time should I be spending on on trying to improve them, and how should I do it?
2: Mm, so what I think he really helps is kind of understand once you are in a leadership role, then you have a role, then you have impact through others. So you should not be the one creating all these things and pushing all the projects and all these kind of things. Um, it's more of, okay, how can I set my team up for success? What information needs to flow freely so that they can picture the bright future that I can see for our products and all these kind of things, right? Um Yeah. And if we, if we count all of that into coaching and direction setting and clarity, then it's kind of more or less 100% of your time. You're repeating the same messages over and over again. All these kind of things. You're constantly investing in your teams, in your people. Think about what, um, yeah, what are the things that they need to have at hand? Where to apply a bit more structure? Where to keep things more lean? Um, so all these questions. Um, so there is no really rule of thumb, but I see a lot of product leads not investing time with their product people at all. So that is actually something that I see a lot. One on ones, um, are in the calendar monthly maybe biweekly, but often people ditch them last minute or everybody comes unprepared it's more of a complaining session and if that sounds familiar <laughs> then I would encourage you to to really um rethink this kind of one-on-one routine and really think about okay how could I help this person to become better because if every product manager gets better at your team then the whole product or- organization will evolve over time and you might have the more attractive product organizations. Super interesting these days when everybody is kind of leaving jobs and leaving their current employers, roaming around, looking for the next um, next um uh, company to join. So, yeah, if you invest in your people, people will be seeing this from the outside as well and are more likely to join. And if you invest in your people, the people that are already on board are more likely to stay with you. So it is, I
0: think, a good investment. And let's talk about one-to-ones because that is a real opportunity there to develop your your product people um, and as a product person to get the most out of your head of product or or your product leader that you're working with. What advice do you give people for this session? Like h- how do you suggest people structure it? Um,
2: I think there is, so there's various Forms of come prepared, so to say. Um, I think the, so the easiest version of come prepared is really compile a list of great questions that help spark a meaningful conversation in a one, one on one situation. So a lot of, a lot of product leads that I know have this kind of 50 to 20 questions that they could use when they um, need to run to a one on one, because it's usually what we do, right? So, um, time is a scarce resource. So we run to our one on ones. <laughs> Try not to miss them and ditch them last minute. And it's way better to have kind of this 15 to 20 meaningful questions that could help um, start um, more of a coaching situation and not so much, okay, what are currently working on? So the status report character of the one-on-ones is something that I try to avoid as often as possible. I think there are better formats for updates like create a product task board and stand-ups so that the teams can kind of, update each other and you get the information as well. So focus more on, hey, what have you learned this week? Are you happy with that? Is there a next bigger challenge that you're dreaming about? Or all these. So questions like this could be something on your list um, and helps you to prepare last minute. So that's the first thing I usually recommend. Um, prepare Um The last minute preparation fix. <laughs> and then the other thing is like, if you have a bit more time, then I really think it makes sense to create your competent product manager compass so that you have something that actually you could discuss in uh, the one-on-one sessions um, to identify gaps that the people are having and that's way easier if you have like okay that's what product people usually do in our company and that's all of the things that you do and there are two gaps here that we might want to discuss are you interested in that or do you Think it's not applicable to your current setup. Maybe that might be the case as well. And if you found these gaps and something both parties would like to work on, so to say, then you could create a future self with your product, folks. Because sometimes it's super hard to, yeah, to think about ways to learn a new thing or to improve a certain skill or, yeah, to unlearn reflexes that we're all having, maybe. And that is really nice if you create some kind of a development plan with them and then ask them how often they want you to follow up on that. So a bit of nudging. Um but it's totally on them to learn something new, to build a new skill, capability or competence. But you could help with the nudging, with a bit of the framing, with the time you invest in these conversations. So that is but that is then the, the real one on one, more strategical one on one people development format, so to say.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I imagine there's lots of people who could really do with a helping hand on the structure. And I think it's often used as an opportunity to update or kind of dictate like this is what you need to do next Um, instead of explore more of these topics. Yeah, maybe there's
2: one thing I can add. And that's kind of, I just like wrote a blog post last week or something like this about product management assessments and not so much for assessing the whole team and then compare all the individuals against each other. It's more about you in a product leadership role, um, compare, this person to your competent product manager definition. And I created such a framework. I call it the PM wheel. It's actually on my website. You can download the PDF, but I blocked about other frameworks that are out there um, so that you have a starting point for these conversations. Sometimes it's super hard to come up with that on your own and then just use one of the assessments out there and just like highly customize it to your needs and then that could be something you could be using in these conversations.
0: And we've talked a lot about the human side of being a product manager. Um, but earlier, you kind of implied that, you know, we're looking at process and priority and it's quite operational as well. Um, when I say human, I mean the, the, the kind of people, people, yes. product management, people. Uh, people management. <laughs> and the stakeholder um, management maybe as well. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I, is there anything else if you were going to uh, explore sort of the topic of what makes a great boss or a great product leader? Um, Is there anything else that kind of comes under that heading that we haven't sort of touched on? Yeah. So product people, so
2: talking about the individual contributors still and product manager wise, um, I usually advise people that they think about, okay, personality traits they're actually looking for when they go search for product people. Um, so that is one thing. And for example, for me, and this is something you should, it's your own reflection again, right? But just to give you an example, so for me, this kind of curiosity, I'm always interested to see this kind of light in the eye of a product person if they... And get tasked with something new or a new product or a new market industry that they're looking into, because that is usually what all of us are interested in, right? What makes the world go round, so to say, or adaptability is something that I always try to to find Um is because things are changing at a really rapid space when working in product. And if people are not good in dealing with that, maybe they will never become really like a stellar product person or something like that. Not that they cannot be a decent product manager, but if you want to build a great team, maybe you're um you should hire, so to say. Um so that is one thing. So think about um personality traits in your product people. And then when Lily you said like when thinking about a great boss and what we actually would look for when we think about that. And to me it is like what you already said. So that's really be a human being most and for all. I think that's what the great leaders are all have in common. Um so that is important then to me it always was important to be opinionated but super adaptable. So I always found it super hard to work with bosses that had this kind of I don't mind you figure it out attitude. So for me it was easy if they had a strong opinion um, but then were really happy to negotiate and to discuss and to learn new things about the thing where they had an opinion about, mm. um, then it's a lot of, um, sounds super old school, but the leading by example thing. So if you want your people to be on time, try to be on time and really kind of, um yeah, thankful that everybody was on time and not wasting anybody's time and these kind of things. Um, a Healthy attitude towards work, I think, is what makes a great boss as well. Um, so really, yeah, really have this, a great performance culture. So you love to do great products on behalf of your customers that make the company successful or good, but all of us have a life <laughs> that as well. So really balance that and make sure that people understand that it's kind of work life balance thing. And another thing that I think great product leaders should have is an impact on the overall company or organization. Um, That's not something that you usually have to focus on when you still are on an individual contributor level. For sure, you talk to stakeholders and maybe you have a positive impact on, on them. But if you're in a product leadership role, you should actually, yeah, be in line with your peers, spend a lot of time with them, um, try to unblock the product organization, the product development organization in some sort of form. So yeah, that are the things that I just come to my mind.
1: Let's let's go a little bit into that and uh, might come back to the PM wheel a little bit as well. Uh, so if you're trying to unblock as the leader, uh, when you're assessing how well your product team is doing, you can look mm-hmm. at it from the perspective of all those different things on the wheel, but also knowing that the perception of them by some of their stakeholders is simply going to be based on delivery. And sometimes the circumstance is such that it's delivery is really hard for any number of reasons. Um, how do you evaluate people who might be doing a great job, but for whatever reason, aren't actually delivering a business result? Are they still a good product
2: manager? <laughs> yeah. So the ultimate man. <laughs> yeah, that is a super hard question, Randy. Um- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Um, the short answer is No. <laughs> Because as a product person, you're ultimately responsible for for the result. But as you were saying, there's so many things, It especially the larger the organization gets, the harder it is to make an impact as a single product person. And sometimes it's easy to be tasked with a product that has tons of technical depth, for example, and then... Yeah, to make the smallest change for your customers or clients takes ages. But usually, if that is the case, that applies for most of the teams in this company, right? So, benchmarking so benchmarking across industries or something like this that is something I would totally not recommend. People like to do this, but it, it is not helpful. So, benchmarking in your own product organization may be an okayish idea um but to me it was always better to have this kind of individual take on um yeah assessing product people because I know what team I put them in um if that is part of my job so stuffing is not always on the menu I know but if I have decided who will be working on on which team then it kind to some extent is my responsibility to actually yeah kind of yeah, take this into account when I do a benchmarking as well, right? And lo- mo- a lot of the companies that I know do do this kind of across the team, across boards, but not really with hard figures. It's more of a discussion how people are doing and what obstacles they, ha- they actually have to face and what are the monsters in their code base and these kind of things. Um So, yeah, benchmarking is a dangerous beast, so to say. So I'm not sure if I'm a big
0: fan of benchmarking. <laughs> I was just think, trying to choose which question to ask next because we're like running out of time already. I was like looking at the clock going, I can't believe it's nearly gone. <laughs> um, Okay, Pick your joker question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if I think about um, some of the different organisations, like I've generally worked in quite small organisations, probably the biggest product team was around eight product people. But I know... Um some of the people that we've spoken to on the podcast literally have tens of, if not hundreds of product people um by some way, shape, or form reporting into them. How do you manage effectively across? scale when in a product organization and I realize that's a massive question <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um, True. take your pick on uh, maybe <laughs> just one tip <laughs> um
2: the thing is I would love to talk to people that figured out how to have effectively have more than Six to maximum 10 direct reports in a product role where you have to take care of the product, the process, and the people. So some companies split those three, and then other people are responsible for for product strategy. So, for example, in really mature product organization, product managers are responsible for their product strategy head of product or product leadership is not so much dealing with these things, right? Then it might be possible to have a larger span. I've just not yet seen it working well (laughs) somewhere if you have too many direct reports. And then scaling is like in hierarchy, which is a really unpopular answer because it's really like, oh, okay, that's so management one to 1.0. 1. <laughs> if you talk about hierarchies and direct reports, uh, pyramids, so to say. Um, but I haven't found a better answer yet. You could, so some companies like to create these specialized roles. A, Uh, across the board so like product operations or the qa department and the user research folks over here um that works to some extent as well obviously if you really make clear what these roles are responsible for and every company again has to find their own definition (laughs) and to play a bit with these specialized roles if you're not a big fan of specialized roles um yeah, then it's really in creating product team leads and helping them to become better product leaders as well, I guess. Yeah. But it's a massive question <laughs> and a short answer.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, let's do one last question uh, on this then. Uh, and because we really, this has been fantastic, but we're going to run out of time really quickly. So uh, when you're hiring, what do One or two things that you look for, you know, regardless of what the role is, regardless of what the company is, if you're looking for a product person, are there one or two things that you say, I can, there are things I can teach, but there are things I need the person to, to just have innately.
2: Yeah, to me, it is kind of the six personality traits that I put on my list. And as I said, you need to come up with your own. But to me, this is kind of curiosity he was already talking about this. It's adaptability. To me, it's, in, it's yeah intellectual horsepower. Um, So I really want to see if the circuits are fast enough to kind of understand all the bits and pieces that every product person has to parse every day, so to say. And then it's Yeah, wants to make an impact because otherwise all this curiosity and adaptive adaptability takes nowhere. So people need, um, yeah, to have this kind of, I really want to score (laughs) to some extent. So that is an important thing. And then uh, uh, emotional intelligence, not forgetting to mention that. Plus I still don't know how to put this best it's kind of nice to spend time with or sometimes I call it humor um, because that helps a lot if people think like okay the product person is a great person to have on their team and it's just like nice to hang out with them that alone doesn't do the trick I know <laughs> but in combination with the other five personality traits plus mm. the skills and competences I think that is at least a starting point
1: I'd be afraid to interview with you. I to, if you ever judge me as short on intellectual horsepower or any of those other traits, I'd feel awful. No,
2: actually, <laughs> we would go. We would go in front of a whiteboard, and you would do a stellar job. I'm convinced. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I look forward to the day when we can get together in front of a whiteboard oh, yeah. again and do some of this. Good but old Petra, times. <laughs> Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You know, we mentioned it in the the introduction, but the book is called Strong Product People, uh, a complete guide to developing great product managers available in better bookstores and websites everywhere and linked to in our show notes along with lots of other fun things.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So Lily, I've been thinking, Petra's book, you know, Strong Product People, I think it's, you know, if you haven't bought something for product people in your life, it's going to make a great stocking stuffer.
0: A stocking stuffer? Don't you mean a stocking filler? And are you just like mega hinting to me right now?
1: Uh, Well, I've got a copy for myself already. So (laughs) maybe I should buy one for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would love one. I actually don't have a copy yet. So... That is right up there at the top of my next book to read thoroughly list.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, if you don't have it, please go do get a copy or hint to your boss or to somebody in your life, because it's a really good read. We'll see you next week. Ta-ta for now.
0: Our hosts are me, Lily Smith, and...
1: Me, Randy Silver.
0: Emily Tate is our producer, and Luke Smith is our editor.
1: Our theme music is from Hamburg-based band PAU, that's P-A-U. Thanks to Arne Kittler, who runs Product Tank and MTP Engage in Hamburg, and plays bass in the band for letting us use their music. Connect with your local product community via Product Tank, our regular free meetups in over 200 cities worldwide.
0: If there's not one near you, you can consider starting one yourself. To find out more, go to mindtheproduct.com forward slash product tank.
1: Product tank is a global community of meetups driven by and for product people. We offer expert talks, group discussion, and a safe environment for product people to come together and share grinnings and tips.